Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al, and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, one book at a time. This month, we're discussing book 17, Interesting Times. Almost the last bad book. Uh, we thought that, and then was like, oh, wait, no, there's the sequel to this book that got set up at the end of it. Damn it, that's right. I keep forgetting. I thought this was the last Rincewind book. No, we just finished reading it an hour ago. Uh... And the last the last portion of this book is setting up where he's going to be next, and uh, I'm already lo- not looking forward to that. No, thank you. So, so we got that to worry about. <laughs> uh, so let me tell you what happens real quick. And, oh, nope. and this is... This is in keeping with our uh, our uh, competition to keep the book summaries as brief as possible. It is a competition, and I am winning. You are currently winning. However, I got this one down to one sentence. Rince Wind visits the counterweight continent, where he's reunited with Cohen the Barbarian and Two Flower. Yep. That's what happens. That is what happens. I didn't leave out much. Mm-mm. There's a bad guy. There's a bad guy. Yep. And some other things happen. Yeah, but that's basically yeah. it. So the main thing we were sort of dreading with mm-hmm. this is because he's Terry Pratchett's dealing with uh, fantasy tropes and mythology mm-hmm. that are not Western, mm-hmm. that are not English or European, but Asian and Asian of all kinds. There's there's some Chinese stuff. There's some Japanese stuff. There's probably other things that I didn't recognize. Mm-hmm. We're worried about imperialism and it being problematic and all of that. And it was. A bit. It's not as bad as we feared. No, it's not. Also, please um, don't gesture like that. I've, You'll knock over the microphone. Just gesturing wildly. It's a good, it's good for an audio medium. Yes, it will ruin the microphone and they can't see it. Yep, two yep. things. Mm-hmm. Just picture me gesturing wildly. Just always picture her that. If, you, yeah. if you've ever played any of the Monkey Island games and you, you run into mm-hmm. Stan, the guy who, who mm-hmm. sells the ships, mm-hmm. he's just mm-hmm. constantly waving his arms. That's Amanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we were we were a little concerned, and and there's definitely a a pretty large measure of it. But it's yep. not like the entire book is super problematic, and it's not like there's the book was readable. Like I I was. was a little worried that this one I was just gonna have to like we were just gonna have to say you know what no yeah not to this can't mm-hmm. you gotta uh, read them. We've said mm-hmm. we're gonna read them all. I don't know if something was bad enough, I'd say you know what it fucking sucked, and we we're not doing it. No, I I would. We'd have to figure something out, but fortunately, it wasn't that, so it's it's not no. A big deal. But there there was a lot to talk about there. there absolutely like is. the the some of the voice the voice choices on the audiobook were pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one character, one of the only women characters in the book, uh, called Lotus, and um, it's a very little, real bad, like broken English, like well, okay, some of that, like you said, is. Nigel Planer, who's reading the audiobook to us, you can't blame that on the book. That is, that is. No, but it is textual. The voice, it is textual. The voice He's reading itself, what's there. Yeah. The voice itself was pretty racist. Yeah. And then. And there's a bunch of those. Yeah. And then the actual writing of the character was, it was really, really cringy. And there is a bit of that. And. To be very clear, you and I are the whitest people on earth. Couple of white people talking in a room. Yes, about are, this. Yes. So to to uh, before we get too far into yeah. this, we probably miss some stuff. Yep. We may misinterpret things. Also, we're probably gonna fuck up this conversation a bit. Yeah, we're trying our best. But if if you know better, if you know like, mm-hmm. hey, look, I've I, I am Asian or I've done Asian studies or whatever, anything, just like. 
reach out to us. You can you can reach us on Twitter at Algar at Renish. Uh, we are we are definitely willing to like be you know be educated on mm-hmm. how we got this wrong. But that said, we're trying our best and we're trying to be at least aware. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, this is fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. I my knee jerk is could have been worse, which is you know that's not good enough. But no, but I. This was bad, and there was definitely some parts in it where I was like, oh, Sir Terry, but, please. But I thought the whole book was going to be that. I don't, like, I think if you sort of surgically removed certain passages mm-hmm. here and there and cleaned up some dialogue, most of the problems would be gone. You had a fundamental problem with the way the story works, yes. which we'll get to. But most of the issues that I noticed could have been fixed if if an editor just said, mm-hmm. uh, No. Don't do this. Don't just nope, just nope, nope, and nope. One of the things we we remarked on mm-hmm. with Two Flower in the in the first two books mm-hmm. is the way he's written can be broadly interpreted any way whatsoever. And Nigel Planer gives him sort of a jolly old fellow, like oh, mm-hmm. Rincewind, my old dear friend, you know that sort of thing. And and the text supports that. It never sounds weird in that voice, mm-hmm. which which means that it's written in a generic way or in an Englishy way. So. It's not hard to fix that stuff. Also, speaking of two flower, textually they say uh, uh, Terry Pratchett says in this he has four eyes because he is wearing spectacles. Yeah, so shut up, weird illustrators who think four eyes means Be- literally four y- eyes. Yes, he has glasses that he wears on his face. Yes, in fact, many people wear glasses mm-hmm. now, including at least one of the wizards at, at Unseen University, yep. because it's caught on since. Those books happened. Those books happened, what, 20 years ago or yeah. something? Like, the timeline is always a bit muddled in these, and that's Especially fine. Especially early on. Yeah, and we don't care that much. We're not those kinds of people. Or Well, this doesn't line up. The time monks fix it. Don't worry about it. Also that, but I think, but it is relevant because Rincewind and Two Flower are reunited, and, like, significant amounts of time have passed mm-hmm. since those adventures because they haven't seen each other in... I, my read was 10 to 20 years. Right. It's It's been a while. Yeah. And, and that's that's important, like I said, yeah. because of their relationship. And presumably, um, Two Flower, because uh, Two Flower has two grown-ass daughters mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and so I'm not sure where they were when he was... Uh... It seems weird that he would go on this extended vacation yeah. and leave his wife and daughters at home, but... It was pointed out in in yeah. dialogue he was married when he visited Rincewind. That didn't happen after. Right. So it's certainly possible he just left his family behind and went on a vacation for two years. Could be. But it, it felt that felt weird. That felt like yeah. something like he would go on his vacation, come back, and then get married and have kids. But yeah. I don't think enough time has passed for that either. No, and what it said was because Rincewind asked yeah. him directly, Did why didn't you tell me you were married? And mm-hmm. he said, Oh, it was a long time ago, or I didn't know. And, and I did. Or, yeah. He said he did. That's right. I did That's tell you that. That's what he said. So so the fact is he was married at mm-hmm. that point, which seems weird. I the weird thing is, you know we didn't love those books. You nope. you, you listeners know that. We made it very clear these are fine. It's it's where you gotta start because it's the start, but Light Fantastic is okay. Yeah, th- and there's some things to like in them both, mm-hmm. but they're they're super rough and there's not a lot of likable characters. Mm-hmm. And yet I was excited. When Two Flower showed up, mm-hmm. legit, I was like, "Yay, this guy!" And then I was like, "Wait, why? Why?" But I was, and maybe it's because there I... was some stuff to like about Two Flower in the uh, in the first two books. There's a there's a, there's a germ of a good character mm-hmm. there, whereas Rincewind never really had anything. Mm-hmm. Two Flower was always like a good foil for 
the nothing. Mm-hmm. He's always the well. Everything will turn out. Everything will be, and that's and why the jolly good works. Does always turn out. Yeah, that's because... why the jolly good voice works because he's oh everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Just just uh, you know chin up. He's one of those sunny optimists where the positive outlook actually works and things actually turn out okay. And he lives Very in annoying. a world where the gods play with your fate mm-hmm. and and chance and magic have a, have mm-hmm. an influence. So it's not just blind. Like there's a reason that thing good thing you know it's it's nice and that is one of the things i liked about this mm-hmm. book was this is book 17 terry pratchett who knows his way around a character mm-hmm. now and it felt like this was his opportunity to go back and say oh these were these were basically like hat stands mm-hmm. to, to hang my fantasy parody on but now we can get in their heads a little and bit. Rincewind's definitely this is the most character we've ever seen him be. I still and, don't care for him too much. Uh, no, but there there's more yeah. there's more going on there's now. There's definitely and more so Rincewind. There is for Two Flower as well. But Two Flower, like yeah. there's there's a sadness there when mm-hmm. you realize not only is his wife gone, his wife was killed by the main bad guy, mm-hmm. by by uh, Hong. Hong. Yeah. yeah. And there's oh, I, this was almost my good thing. Mm-hmm. There's this climactic thing at the end mm-hmm. where he's like you're responsible for the death of my wife and I'm going to kill you. And one of the barbarians throws him a sword and he can't even hold the sword, but it doesn't yep. matter. It's like, oh, hero. Yep. You little scrappy hero. I love you. He was a hero in the other books too, though. He Very was. Very brave. But now Terry Pratchett can mm-hmm. touch, like he can he can pluck those heartstrings in a way he wasn't capable mm-hmm. of doing before. And knowing that he had a family and knowing that his daughters grew up very different. And you're right, the, the only two female characters have not a lot going on as there's usual. butterfly and lotus mm-hmm. uh butterfly is the tough one mm-hmm. lotus is the pretty one but i and they, they gave him a little something a little bit but we meet them uh early on in the book then mm-hmm. they go away for the whole middle of the book and they come yeah. back at the end i mean a lot of his characters do that yeah but the, <laughs> that's it no i mean at least women exist in this so there's that there is that yeah I, but i mean once again cock forest mm-hmm. but i did like like there was some characterization there. There was some, particularly with the tough one, mm-hmm. because for a while we don't know what her connection is to Two Flower. She's just part of the revolution, yep. and she's the one taking Rincewind prisoner, and he's terrified of her. And there's some fun Rincewind stuff where he's daydreaming. He starts out on an island, which yeah. I guess did he end up there? I at think the end that's of how he ended. The end. Oh, I think he I just woke up on an island. Sure. Yeah. But he's living like Robinson Crusoe. This yeah. is the best he's ever lived because there's nothing to run from, and he's just on a beach and he misses some things but he's fine he talks about uh he loves the food there because it's always coconut surprise and the surprise is you open it up and there's a, there's some coconut in there it's great to him that's, that's a surprise amazing. yeah that the thing is always what it's just what it is and he loves it because every every day is the same and it's not dangerous and everything's yeah. fine and he gets a little lonely and he mm-hmm. misses the city because he's a city guy mm-hmm. but largely after all the shit he's been through it's kind of nice for him to just be there and of course he gets pulled back into the shit but mm-hmm. there's some there's some nice stuff about he misses consciously mm-hmm. what he misses about Ankh-Mor Pork the most is potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, subconsciously, what he misses the most is women. Mm-hmm. And his his brain has mixed those things yes, up. Yes, it's conflated the two things. And so every time he sees a pretty lady, he starts daydreaming about potatoes. And I thought that was a nice way to mm-hmm. do sort of the, the horny character without making it gross. Because mm-hmm. we, we know wizards, okay, they're probably virgins, ha ha ha, whatever. So he doesn't but, really know what a woman is. But also Rincewind of all of the wizards, except perhaps Ridcully, probably has the most experience with women because he spent so much time out in the world. Yeah, but and I still don't not, think he's ever gotten laid. No, but he he knows that women are a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I just, I liked 
like that's a good way to do that whereas there's a there's a character in this book that is not oh boy is that's, bad thing, that's right? my bad thing let's, so let's crack into this let's let's talk about the silver horde yeah. which is um, that's a good joke yeah. it, it, by the way first off yeah very good joke because cohen the barbarian mm-hmm. is now genghis cohen mm-hmm. which is a good way to turn conan into genghis Con- like that's mm-hmm. a that's a good transition yep. um and yeah, his, what was it? The the Golden Horde, right? Yeah, uh, the Silver Horde. No, I'm oh, saying I mean, the, yeah, the real yeah, life yeah. one that it's a play on. And that's and, a very good play on words. And we've got a barbarian horde attacking um, like an Eastern city. Yeah, the walled which, cities of China. Which is, you know, you've got the Mongolian hordes, which yeah. did that. So that's yeah. that whole, yeah. that's that whole thing too. Yeah. No, it's nice. And, and he's got his horde. Uh... Okay. So it's not even a bad idea like on the surface and by far this is um cohen's best book yeah I'm, uh, and i'm gonna yeah. talk about that in a minute yeah um so we have him there's a school teacher um, i like him a great uh, deal yeah, too he's very good uh-huh. um savoy ronald savoy yeah that's yeah. it uh who they met and he's a geography teacher oh, excuse and, me savaloy yeah. savaloy um he is a geography teacher and he's been he's come along with the horde on their adventures mm-hmm. because his life was kind of boring and this whole plot is his idea. Yeah, they're going to do a theft. Mm-hmm. And the theft is the Agatean Empire. They're going to steal the whole thing. Yep. It's very good. It's very That's a very funny idea. Mm-hmm. And so you've got uh, those those two characters who actually... Cohen... Yeah, Cohen's quite good in this, and we'll mm-hmm. talk more about that. And then there's the Silver Horde. And yeah, they his, his supporting fucking guys. suck. All of them, to they a man. They all suck. Yep. Like... You Both think, are bad things yeah. are guys in the horde. You think it's uh you think that the wizards besides Reed Kellering and Ponder are just sort of an a, an insufferable group of harumphers like Well, th- my problem is, with the wizards well, is that there's no specific characterization. Uh-huh. These guys had characterization, they were just terrible. Yeah, so one of them is a rapist. Yes. And that's the joke. And the joke is ha ha, he's too old to rape women anymore. And also they're trying to be civilized so he's not allowed to rape anymore. Yeah. And so I mean, I get that it's the rape and pillage thing. Like, yeah, that's he's doing the... a word play on rape and pillage. But, but think about it for a minute. The word is rape. The maybe, word is maybe, rape. Maybe try to try to think it out a little. Maybe. And yeah, yeah, and it's not it's it's not that funny, and it's also mean. Yeah. And it we spend a whole bunch of time just objectifying women who barely exist in this. Yeah. Uh, it was it was pretty rough. Now I get. That you're making fun of mm-hmm. barbarian characters because obviously there's a lot of Conan mm-hmm. and it feels like there's a lot of Conan knockoffs mm-hmm. and a lot of, you know, like similar type characters and all this. But you you can do characters like that where they come into town and they're like strapping and macho and sexy and all the ladies are like, ooh, ooh la la. Yeah, I'm because gonna, they emphasize the hero yeah, part of it. So, I'm going to yeah. get down with this sexy barbarian. Yeah. And it could have been that. Yeah. Like it could, the joke could have been... Or, Haha, he used to be this like Yeah, he's He Man. Yeah. And now he can't get it up. No, yeah. Which I mean, I mean that's not great either, but no, at least Honestly, it's... there weren't a lot of age jokes about him. No. It was it was mostly just he wasn't allowed to do it. Yeah. But there were also there was another angle on him mm-hmm. that was funny, and if he'd just concentrated on that, mm-hmm. which is he's not allowed to swear anymore. Yep. And the 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 teach, as they call mm-hmm. him. Gave him a whole list of like alternate u- words to use, and so he's got to say "dang" and "shoot," and mm-hmm. and it's played out to pretty good effect. Yeah, it's pretty funny, and th- that could be his thing. And there's a sequence where he has to go and talk to a lady for realsies, like yeah. just go and talk to her. Yeah, and 
it's a little cute because he's trying to be nice yeah. and like uh, and chatty and that could have been a nice juxtaposition too yeah. where instead of coming through with like rippling fuse and so on yeah. he has to come in and like make conversation about the weather or whatever to yeah. get someone's uh, attention no and there that, was a little of that that, that could have that could have been another way to play it it's yeah. just and it wasn't like a one off joke it was no, just it was rape that word. jokes the whole way through yeah and it's not us reading into it or, or trying to be offended no. he uses the word a lot and there's a lot of talk of like and is it did it's a lot of talk about unwilling women and ripping yeah. their clothes off and like it's like it's pretty rough yeah it is it's not great uh the my, my bad thing is another one of the the, the silver horde and it's not problematic or offensive or anything no, it's it just sucks though. terrible which is one of them is hard of hearing and so and it's Hamish. it's it's made a little more irritating by and this is not Nigel mm-hmm. Planer's fault this is what the book says mm-hmm. he had to give him an old man mm-hmm. voice but every like every time a scene would be rolling along I'm like yeah I'm feeling the rhythm of this dialogue mm-hmm. then it would be interrupted with a what yeah and so they would he would just they would say well, we're gonna go storm the castle what Ugh. yeah and it wasn't again a one-time thing it was throughout the whole book yeah and there was it really it ground things to a halt and it didn't serve the characters nope. it didn't like it didn't add anything it was just oh yeah well, the thing is and this is actually my good thing i actually like cohen the barbarian he's got false teeth now so we don't have that unfortunate lispy old man voice that's part of it yep. but it's also again the same thing with two flower mm-hmm. where the character's been cleaned up and the best things about him have been pushed forward and mm-hmm. here's a writer who really knows his way around a character now now He's an aging hero, fading, looking at near the end of mm-hmm. his life and wanting, like, uh, not knowing where to go next or what to do next and, and trying to learn new ways. And But he's also got the survival instinct. Yeah, he's lived to age yeah. 90, and the reason is because he's very good at this. And uh, there's a passage in the book that says he didn't uh, sort of soften as he got older. He hardened like teak. Like, right. he just got harder and harder and harder as he got older. Right. And you and I have both talked about, like, stories about heroes and talking about mm-hmm. heroism and, and how, like, the myth of a hero, like, how it... Like, like you and I both liked uh, Last Jedi yeah. for that reason because it talked about, oh, well, yeah, Luke was a hero yeah. back then, but how does that work 20, and 30 years later? As you age, it's harder and harder to remain it, a hero. It's like being a rock star. Yeah. it's You can't maintain that into your your golden years you mm-hmm. just can't and, and a lot of people fall out of touch and they yeah they, yeah it's a it's a young man's game and yeah. there were some good jokes not about soft lavatory paper mm-hmm. and the fact that he's incontinent or whatever none Ugh. of that bullshit none none of that was there for cohen now he's old in the sense of having seen some things mm-hmm. and being a little sad mm-hmm. and also being experienced and being good at what he does and that I don't mind at all. This version of the character is pretty good. And this takes a lot from the last story of Beowulf, where mm-hmm. he is old and not like able to do what he could when he was a oh, kid. Oh, yeah. This, anymore. this kind of story has been around yep. since forever. And it takes also from Cohen, the uh, like, Conan. Uh, Conan, Conan, yeah. you know, the character that this is based on. Right. Um, there's some good stuff about him being old and right. he get becomes king of an empire. And it's like, this he fucking probably hates sucks. It. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's probably like Captain Kirk becoming an admiral. Captain Kirk does what? Uh, well, he climbs a mountain. Yeah, why is he climbing a 
But, you know, there are characters who need action all the time mm-hmm. and don't like to sit still. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those. And I, I liked all that. Mm-hmm. And I did not expect to, like, oh, well, two flowers back. That's kind of cool, but I'm going to hate Cohen. No, I liked Cohen. And, uh, yeah, as soon as Cohen comes up, we're both like, oh, no, bring on the old man jokes. Yeah, ha, 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 get it. Can't get hard anymore. Uh-huh, ha, mm-hmm. ha, ha. Yeah. Pooping himself. Yeah, but Poop. it wasn't any of that. And if it had just been him and Savaloy, like, mm-hmm. Those those bits were great, too. Like, him trying to teach them to be civilized, that's some mm-hmm. classic comedy there. And some of the teaching them to be civilized stuff was pretty funny, too. It was. Like, teaching them to... You go to a, a cart, and then you pay for the food you're going to get. Yeah, you and they don't understand... give them your money. They don't understand the concept of other people can have money. Mm-hmm. Because that's my money I haven't taken yet. That's not theirs. So, yeah, it's... It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and I was surprised. But the, the main meat of it mm-hmm. is this this culture, which, okay, let's get into this. There's, okay, some, so there's it's, some problematic stuff going on there. We're This is the counterweight continent, and the joke is it's, you know, on the other side, and it keeps the, the disc from tipping over. Right. Um, and it's the Agatean Empire. Yeah, and we um, talked about this in Two Flowers' earliest mm-hmm. appearances. This place is, like, lousy with gold. And it's an amalgamation of a bunch of different cultures, just like we do in Ankh-Morpork. Yeah. Like, that's, like, we got a bunch of German stuff and English stuff and all that right, in right, Ankh-Morpork. Right. And that feels okay, that, except yeah. maybe it isn't i don't, I don't know. know um and again prefacing this yeah two two white guys don't know what we're talking about no i but... apologize for all the mistakes i'm about to make yeah, same all of that said as far as i can tell just saying mm-hmm. i'm writing a fantasy book about this place mm-hmm. let me pastiche together a bunch of things from this place that that feels all right i guess and we've got some stuff that's taken from myths and legends from those cultures well which like is the terracotta just, warrior show yeah. up as sort of like a golem which is kind of yeah. neat I that like is that. yeah that was kind of neat yeah. though again done better later on we well, see much better yeah, iterations but this is a of bit this. of a different version yeah. of that this is a this is like a robot army that that uh, rincewind controls and there's actually this nice bit where they're, they're mm-hmm. basically lemmings it's very clear yeah he, he sets some of them to digging and some of them to punching forward and, and then so- some of them came down on little umbrellas yes and uh, someone, there's a thing in yeah. L space where someone asked Terry Pratchett on the on the old news groups, like, you know, this is like Lemmings, right? He's like, Lemmings? Never heard of it. Definitely <laughs> never had it on my hard drive, deleted it, and then salted the earth so I could never put it back on my hard mm-hmm. drive again, which is probably why maybe we were like one Discworld book less mm-hmm. in the 90s because he got addicted is what I'm, I'm guessing there. Uh, there are games like Lemmings and like Civ where you look up and it's four in the morning. And early on in gaming, like, mm-hmm. they, there were a bunch because people were f- suddenly blazing new trails and, like, oh, Tetris. Oh, this, you know? And, like, there's still some of those, but more back then. But I, I liked a lot of that. And I liked a lot of the, uh, just the general stuff about, oh, yeah, I, I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. But but then you were saying sort of fundamentally, it feels sort of colonialist. Fundamentally, I feel like it does because you've got this. Well, there's an idea in uh like old school like an old school historical idea that they call it um up the shoes in boots down in uh silk slippers like okay. when you when you start um when you start a culture you've got all these toughies who are like like you know like these barbarian types who mm-hmm. come in and then uh the culture gets softer and softer and more corrupt as it goes on and then you have another hard group of people coming in okay. and wiping them out um and so that's sort of that's probably where some of this is coming from. And mm-hmm. we've also got the sort of idea of 
you've got these uh, nomadic peoples coming in and raiding settled lands. Mm -hmm. That's coming from this sort of, that's where I think a lot of this idea is sort of coming from for this book, because you've got the barbarian horde, which is just seven guys attacking this massive cultured empire. But well, and what I think what he was going for mm-hmm. before you before you get into what I mm-hmm. think he was trying to do was to say like this is that Terry mm-hmm. Pratchett humanism of one person mm-hmm. like Cohen is okay, a group of people mm-hmm. like the the whole bureaucracy mm-hmm. of this empire is not okay, and there's some good rants about how like they, the the big the big thing that I liked was they talked a lot about how what they have here they have slaves here right, but what they have is worse than whips. And it takes Rinswin a while to figure out what that means. It's, it's basically just like this traditional institutionalized, like you, you can't look at your betters and you can't mm-hmm. like all of this stuff. And and I kind of liked that. But when it when it reads as like a white dude coming in from the outside and fixing it, like I think he didn't think through some of the context because of the it, problems you have. It's got a real white savior feel. Like mm-hmm. you've got this... Um, culture that's been around for a million years and it's starting to decay and the emperor's nuts. And there's five warring families all equally bad. Whoever wins is going to make it the same or worse. And so then you have this outsider come in uh, and and take over everything. But Cohen isn't from this culture. It's not like you've got someone in the culture sort of taking over. He is a western hero mm-hmm. and uh very english uh like he there's there's some jokes in here uh, about the differing uh types of tea ceremonies mm-hmm. in uh like in japan you've got the the long beautiful tea ceremonies and then in england you've got people just like throwing tea into a cup yeah, it takes saying, three minutes to boil water yeah. that's how long it takes to give me tea and the it's it's very clear that the stance of the book is that the English version of this is better. It's more efficient and it's what should be. So you've got this guy coming in and telling this other culture sort of how they should live their lives and how it should be more like Western cultures. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, Lord Hong, who's the bad guy, and he is steeped in this Agatean culture. And he um, uh, he does this, he does all of the the traditional things he can make swords and do Origami. paper folding and yeah. all of this kind of stuff but in his heart of hearts what he really wants is to be like the lords in Ankh-Morpork well, he has like a secret uh, closet full of Ankh-Morpork clothes he th- he wants he doesn't to be want to like be that. like them he wants to take them over he yes. said that he explicitly said I want to be the 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 tyrant of mm-hmm. of Ankh-Morpork I don't know that he necessarily wanted to be like them he just wanted to rule them he does want to be like them because he wants to dress like them and he admires the efficiency of mm-hmm. uh right. like a culture in Ankh and so it just the, the messaging felt really muddy well like, like I said I, th- I felt like I understood where he was coming from but I feel like maybe he didn't think through oh wait but this is not my culture and maybe there's some extra things attached to mm-hmm. this that this wouldn't this wouldn't read this way. And th- there's certainly Western examples of um, like long-lived cultures where things have gotten like to the point where it's there's too much ritual and mm-hmm. it's it's and like that would probably have been a little clearer. But this really felt like just felt, oh those foreigners are doing I, it bad. I mean you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. And 
that's a thing like that's a that, that's a context you need to consider when you when you read things like this context is king yes thank you into the forest i go yep. but i don't know it's very similar to me to the story he told in small gods mm-hmm. where this or pyramids mm-hmm. where this culture is stagnating because of tradition and why can't we think for ourselves kind of thing. But again, when we were reading Pyramids, there was a lot of weird colonial ideas in that too. That's true. Like that's not a very good example. Pyramids, I'm um, in Small Gods, we were talking more about like a religious oligarchy. So that was... Yeah, but we're still talking about an analog for the Middle East, mm-hmm. which is not Western culture. That's true. Uh, but everyone who was involved in that was from there. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, we point. didn't well, have. Well, no, because then they went to they went to Greece and learned how to do things better, and then came back home with the knowledge of the Westerners. So there's I guess a little there's bit some of that there too. Yeah, yeah. in in pyramids and small gods, yeah. they had that. They couldn't they couldn't solve their own problems without going to the West and learning some things first. So uh, there's th- also he's English and English things are going to have this. Yes. That's just <laughs> because... that it's it's in, you know. Oh, that's the lens of the culture. Just stealing yeah. and wrecking stuff and thinking, you know, best. Yeah. Good. I, good, 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 good. I didn't read any of this in here. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. good that you've pointed this out. And I'm sure there's things that both of us didn't notice. Oh, because sure. again, but I like, so, again, there's some of that Terry Pratchett humanism in there that I did like. There's what was weird to me, though, was suddenly Rincewind is the voice of rational thinking mm-hmm. and reason and all this and that was never really there before like his mouthpiece for that is usually granny weatherwax yep. or, or sam vimes mm-hmm. and it's in character for them they're they both look out for the little guy they both try to take care of people rinswin doesn't do any of that no there's uh, a bit where rinswin's th- this actually was a little in character there's um uh, a character in this called herb who's part of the uh revolution he's the mm-hmm. one who's sort of helping lead the revolution but he's also selling them out he completely sells them out mm-hmm. and Rincewin smells it coming from a mile off because he says he's seen revolutionary leaders before mm-hmm. and he's like every time they say you should die for the cause they never mean themselves yeah and that felt very Rin- like Rincewin that's true he's got a good radar he's been, for because well, he's cynical mm-hmm. the cynicism was right but the mm-hmm. idealism didn't feel no and even Cohen in fact there's there's a there's a passage I highlighted of Cohen's that I quite liked um Again, where he's talking about all the worse than whips and all that stuff. And when they get to the palace and when they actually take over and he looks around and he's like, geez, he walked a few steps and then turned an evil glint in his eye. Barbarism. Ha. When we kills people, we do it there and then look at him in the eye and we'd be happy to buy him a drink in the next world. No harm done. I never knew a barbarian who cut people up and slowly in little rooms or tortured women to make them look pretty or put poison in people's grub. Civilization. If that's civilization, you can shove it where the sun don't shine. And there's there's a bit of that. Mm -hmm. There's a bit of like. And and again, I get how that's imperialism. I do. I read it as individual anarchy is better than than structured, like you know, like stagnant, you know, ritual. And those two things are not mutually exclusive. And he he probably should have thought it through better. And there's some of this like. I get, again, where he's coming from, where he's talking about, like, sort of the honest barbarism of yeah. the of these characters. Yeah. But there's also a lot of, like, aren't the old ways better coming from these guys? That. I really did not um, get that. Cohen talks about how he had to leave Ankh-Morpork in the area because everything was fenced in and there was no wildness anymore. And that's 
There, there's no the reason they came over here is because there's nowhere else for them to go. Yeah, but I read that as part of the aging hero myth, as part of like as civilization mm-hmm. happens, you can't just like ransack mm-hmm. the the village because there is no village; it's a city now. Mm-hmm. Like I I didn't read that as commentary so much as like, what if Conan was what if Conan lived to the Industrial Revolution? Right. Then what? You know, like he'd have to go somewhere where they're still riding horses to be able to like do his thing. So that that's. That's, I mean, again, not mutually exclusive, but that's how I read that was more, you know. I I read a lot of like the new, like newfangled ways are bad. Civilization is bad. I and, didn't. Uh, like uh, to do something quickly and efficiently is to better, like better than to do it sort of skillfully well, as, and taking as, your time. As someone for whom ha. ADHD is a cornerstone of mm-hmm. his of his work ethic and his personality, me, I... It's hard to look at things any other way, but I, I see what you're saying. I absolutely do see what you're saying. There, There is some good, you have to acknowledge, though, there is some good ruminations on, like, revolutions mm-hmm. and, and like, uh, ingrained systems and all that stuff. And actually, this is my quote. There's a, there's a bit, this doesn't really have to do with a lot of that, but it has to do with just this, this is a nice reflection. Like, he can get a little deep. We're to mm-hmm. the point, even in the, the lesser books, he's got some nice deep stuff. And there's a great bit where he talks about, um, it's just this nice little cynical jab at people. Mm -hmm. It was an awful thought. It was like hating motherhood and raw fish or objecting to sunlight. Most people develop their social conscience when young, during that brief period between leaving school and deciding that injustice isn't necessarily all bad. And it was something of a shock to (laughs) suddenly find one at the age of 60. Like, yeah, yeah, we all we all sell out a bit, don't we? And that's the hero thing too. Like, yeah, well, that was Savoy yeah. thinking that, but yeah. yes, it absolutely. That, is. That's more of the hero thing too. As you get older, that kind of stuff becomes more difficult. And that's one of the things to go back to Star Trek that yep. we really liked about Kira's arc mm-hmm. in Deep Space Nine was she was a revolutionary who then mm-hmm. had to live in the new government they yep. set up and realize she had become a sellout. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's a story worth telling, and it's something worth yeah, looking at. It is, even without like um, making a judgment as to like no, it's yeah. good or bad or whatever. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a thing that happens. Yeah, to other people. N- yes. Yes. To Kira. Yes. Um, and there's there's some good things about revolutions mm-hmm. and about like sp- like English people love doing this. It's is a cornerstone of their satire talking about because like Life of Brian mm-hmm. had tons of this, and Terry Splitters. Pratchett's done it before too, where it's like. All you do is spend your time writing slogans and you never do anything. And the revolution is all like teenagers getting arrested for putting up signs. Putting up signs. Yeah. What I like is the inflammatory document, the communist mm-hmm. manifesto of, of this is what I did on my summer vacation by Two Flower. Yep. And it's the, the, the stories of him and Rincewind and everyone's like, oh, things are... There's an outside world and mm-hmm. the people there aren't ghosts. They're mm-hmm. people. And you went to Ankh-Morpork and all these other places. The world sounds really interesting. And you met this great wizard. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll save us. And that was... That's why Rincewind gets pulled into all of this. Yeah, because they, they think send for the, the great, great wizard, wizard that they've read yeah. about. And I liked that. Mm-hmm. I liked... Like, that's a good... Like, Rincewind's not much of a character, but that's a good kind of story to tell with that kind of character is, like, the the constant misreading of what he does mm-hmm. as heroic when it's just he's survived because he ran away not because he's heroic no he's he's got a good survival skill yeah um uh, actually my good thing is something that Rincewind does towards yes. the uh, end of the book 
we've got yeah the, suddenly it's a glimmer of cleverness yeah, that we've never seen before he's uh the the silver horde uh are in the palace and they're gonna have to go out and fight the five armies yeah and, there's seven of them in yeah, the palace yep and uh so rincewind says like said goes and tells people in the red army to go to these other armies and tell mm -hmm. them like um make sure you tell everyone that there's no such thing as invisible vampire ghosts that are working on our side, the Silver Horde side. And Make there's sure... definitely not 6,746,009 of them. Nope, there definitely is not them. Mm -hmm. uh, or go around and ask, like, have you heard about these things? Is it real? Yes. And so that gets the army uh, all uncomfortable because that's yep. a good way to get people to believe something, not by telling them it's true. No, but and by... there's a nice passage yeah. explaining his yeah. logic of, like, he's been through yep. so much of this and, like, almost been thrown into the, you know, the beheading stocks mm -hmm. or whatever unless he can talk his way out of a thing and this is something he's learned yep and it's pretty funny and this rincewind mm -hmm. that shows up in the last act is more i don't know interesting enough that i want to read another book about him but more interesting than before this is the most interesting the character's ever been yeah and, and will be and sort of extrapolating some of the ideas about his cowardice yeah uh to, to well, make as it a survival instinct yeah. yeah um but we get a lot of the this type of stuff you were you were saying we see it done better as moist later on yes where it's a, a cowardly character who's very clever and charming and charming yeah. rincewind is not charming no he is that's not. that you kind of lose like that's mm -hmm. that's the missing element there i think um but there were a lot of things i didn't dislike i uh the luggage mm -hmm. uh has to come like to find rincewind and, mm -hmm. and it's never clear to me and i don't care it doesn't need to be clear to me how when Rincewind is poofed via magic mm -hmm. across the entire disc, how the luggage ends up where he is. On all his little feet. It just doesn't matter. So he ran across the sea? Yes, under the sea. I feel like he magicked there somehow. Well, he, was like, go, he just runs under the sea. Could be. And then when the sharks come for him, he well, that has definitely That happened when he was on the island. Yeah. That definitely happened. Very good. But um, uh, coming back to the yep. Agatean Empire is a nice sort of bringing it home thing mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, right. This is completely normal here. Mm -hmm. Two Flower had this magical, wondrous thing to, to us that everyone has there. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's just luggage. Who cares? And, and not even a very good luggage. No. And there's like forests of sentient pearwood, mm -hmm. and it's not a big deal. But he ends up doing the cartoon, like cartoon dog thing mm -hmm. where the last time you see him, he's got like a, a lady luggage and a little kid luggage mm -hmm. and they run off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. And like his arc such that it is is over and it's kind of nice it's cute yeah i like that <laughs> lady luggage has pretty feet yeah apparently. I, don't I don't know it's just like put like uh big lips and eyelashes on some luggage probably but it also there there was also a bit where rincewind just as, like he mm -hmm. said i assume it's a lady luggage but then again i never i don't know that the luggage is male mm -hmm. like so it's 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 left vague enough that mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like a, a you know a stereotype necessarily uh what else mm, what else indeed there's so there's all these like uh asian names and again mm -hmm. i don't know if they're like they're probably bad because everyone's got like like you said herb and that's what they call him yeah. for short but it's two flower herb or something yeah. like that and it's like like everyone's got like a a descriptive name that's actually some words. Mm -hmm. They're like seven yoked oxen and all yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. 
uh and i know there's i know that's real problematic when you do like uh, uh native american characters mm-hmm. i don't know like i don't know i i'm not qualified to say but one of them was named two little wang which i shouldn't have laughed at but i did because turn six i don't know what to tell you it's it's the few jokes that were not terrible with that one barbarian mm-hmm. were they'd say something that sounded a little dirty and he'd just go <laughs> and that was that was good that was pretty good that was pretty funny where he's like, we'll take them from the rear. <laughs> you know. And that would have been okay. Like, just if that leave was, it at that. Yeah, if he just like guy, laughs at sex jokes. This guy's trying hard to to not talk like a barbarian mm-hmm. and he's having a hard time and he can't help but hear sex jokes mm-hmm. and everything. That's 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 enough. Just stop it there. Um, what else? Uh the poetry thing was actually a little funny. Like uh the... Well that is that does represent what you said about like impatient westerners saying don't take yeah. so long but i thought it was pretty funny yeah, yeah. The, where um when you're doing documents you have to start it with like a, a beautiful phrase to begin it yeah uh, and so people are struggling to do that in order to then send a memo out well yeah like the minutes to the last meeting mm-hmm. won't be done till next week because you have to get the right paintbrush and mm-hmm. and compose the haiku and paint it in this ornate you know whatever I thought that was all pretty funny. Yeah, and then um, like some guys are applying to a job, and instead of doing the, well, it's like uh, the lowest level civil servant. Yeah, and in, in, in order to get the job, you have to be able to write a poem about the yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, pretty funny. I thought so. Pretty funny. I mean that that also reminded me of a thing very much in Western mm-hmm. culture when I first moved to Seattle some years mm-hmm. ago and had years and years of very practical experience and couldn't get a job because I didn't have a degree in mm-hmm. literally anything. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. Like, they they just wanted me to have learned about something. Mm-hmm. That's pointless. I can do the task. Nope. Nope. Got to write a poem. Have to learn about it. Uh, but I, if I'd had a degree in English, yes, which is what I had been going for, if I'd finished my degree, that would have been fine for me to get a job in aviation logistics. Yeah. Why? Because it's a degree. To prove you can do something. Yeah, but that's... The, yeah. the, it's the same kind of thing. It wouldn't have mattered what my degree was in because it was unrelated. They just it was just a requirement. So it reminded me a bit of that. Uh, there's a, there's a bit where um, they've taken the city and Savoy says this was our plan all along yeah. to take to, to steal the empire yeah. and they're all like ugh we just want to take things and leave. So you mean we can just so oh great so this is a trick so we can get a bunch of gold and yeah run and he's away. like no, no this is there's no way to run away too. You're, you're here now. This is yours now. Yeah. And they're like, Ugh. and he gives this really impassioned speech about how he's very disappointed mm-hmm. in all of them. And that's so much worse than doing something violent. Mm-hmm. And they are all just devastated. Yeah, no, he's he's very paternal, mm-hmm. even though he's younger than any of them. He's, he takes on a very paternal role to them. And I, I like that a lot. I like I like that joke of someone being disappointed in you being the worst. Thing. That's the worst thing that can be. Yep. Um, And actually, he gets a brief bit where he almost becomes sort of an action bureaucrat, mm-hmm. which is a which is a, a character type. I don't know if it's been officially like that's just my name for it, but that, you know, spent a lifetime doing something quiet mm-hmm. and then just completely snapped and like, nope, I'm doing this now. We meet some other guys like that. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. This idea comes up way better in Thud, my favorite book. Mm-hmm. It comes up a few other places too, but AE Pessimal is definitely the, the quintessential example of that, I would say. But it, it, I thought it was interesting. There's a lot of ideas here, like like how Hogfather came up in soul music. Yeah. There's there's whole books worth of ideas just mentioned in a passage. And it's like, well, that'll like like the uh, Golems thing. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be Feet of Clay. Yep. And just like there's a bunch of that. 
the golems in Feet of Clay are very much compared to robots. Right. And there's actually some of that here where Winsrin's uh, controlling them. And it feels very much like a bunch of robot stories where someone's wearing a controller and they're moving the same way and that kind of thing. Um, what else? Um, I'll do my quote. Yeah, what do you got? Um, so before we, uh, before Rincewind gets over to the Agatean Empire, mm-hmm. uh, he gets sent there by the unseen, the guys at Unseen oh, University. And that, that was like twenty percent of the book was really funny. Getting him, it was, but it was like it was a huge chunk of the book. He didn't get to literally the fireworks mm-hmm. factory where mm-hmm. they make fireworks. Mm-hmm. Until that's where he shows up. He shows up while they're doing yeah, fireworks. Two stuff. hours yeah. of the ten-hour book, so that's twenty yeah. percent of the book. That's n- nothing that has anything to do with anything. Yeah, but we have some. We have a good sequence with no, 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 uh, there's some good scenes. Cully and the, and Ponder and, uh, and all the, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. the patrician yeah. and uh, but anyways, so this is Ponder trying to explain um, mathematics to Cully. Oh, I always enjoy this. Yep. I mean, Ponder said, lapsing into logic. You have to think about vectors. You have to ask yourself, what direction would they go in if the disc wasn't there? The wizard stared at him. Down, said Ridcully. No, 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 Arch-Chancellor, said Ponder. They wouldn't go down because there'd be nothing to pull them down. They, you don't need anything to pull you down. Down's where you go if there's nothing to keep you up. They'd keep on in going in the same direction, shouted Ponder. Right, round and round, said Ridcully. Uh-huh. Yeah, very good. It was. And, and you know, there is some of that in here. I just, and I didn't mind those scenes. They're about as good as the wizards are going to get, which is still not great. But uh, it just felt weird to me that, that a good chunk of the book mm-hmm. had nothing to do with anything. Like Rincewind doesn't come in until an hour into the 10-hour book, and he doesn't go to where he's going until two hours into the two-hour Yeah, this felt like book. a short story about math. Yeah. That, uh, that, that he, he just tacked on. Yeah. To, yeah. It, but it didn't feel like a wizard's book. It Mm-mm. felt like a Rincewind book. And actually, a lot of the stuff with Cohen and a lot of the stuff with Rincewind before they met up felt like other mm-hmm. books. Again, I wasn't really thinking about it, but this is another one that's a little disjointed. Yeah, a little not nearly not as bad like, as like Soul Music or no. Reaper Man. Um, like this was a book, but yeah. it was a little tenuous. Uh, we also got another Dibbler. So, oh, boy. so no, when Rincewind... we got real Dibbler. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When Rincewind goes back to the city briefly... The first thing he does sort of instinctively is to go buy like three of Dibbler's sausages. And that was actually kind of funny because it's like he misses home so much yep. that when he comes back, he goes and does this thing and then realizes, oh, God, what did I just eat? Uh-huh. I had that. I, when I went back to the East Coast for the first time after years of being away, I wanted Chick-fil-A. Like, whoa, why? Ooh. Yeah. And now that was before we knew they were terrible. But like, just that's the thing I wanted, really. I don't know. It's just a deep fried homophobia. Well, yeah, we didn't know about the homophobia yet. I just it was just adequate Something fast you remember. food. Yeah, but you know, I liked that. It's like when I go home and I go to Boston Pizza. <sighs> it's nothing like that. <laughs> the only restaurant in Canada, as far as I know. But so we we had a scene with Dibbler that mm-hmm. was fine. I was like, okay, good. Our requisite Dibbler scene is done, and it mm-hmm. was relatively painless. And it was then, actually kind of funny for a Dibbler scene. Yeah, but then we meet as we have met before mm-hmm. his his foreign counterpart. Mm-hmm. We met one in Small Gods, mm-hmm. and we met one here who is like the Agatean mm-hmm. Dibbler. Eh, come on, man. Why this character is not interesting, Terry? You know better. He doesn't. And he, Dibbler never, like, this is... No, this, he'll this, always be around. He'll always be around. He never tires of Dibbler. And I don't know why. I did, like, there's a there's a bit at the beginning, those sort of hitchhiker's guidey passages mm-hmm. where it's just like, and this wacky thing lives on the Discworld, mm-hmm. and this wacky, like, the first 
20 pages of a Discord book always have that right. stuff. I love it. He's probably got a file of that stuff and like, this will fit here. And he brings up the chaos butterfly, which is a play on the, you know, if a butterfly flaps its wings in the Amazon, it'll result mm-hmm. in a hurricane or whatever. And it actually comes up later in the story. Like, I thought it was just a throwaway thing at the beginning, and it was kind of nice to come back. Oh, yeah, the butterfly. Mm-hmm. And that was it's pretty good. the symbol of uh, chance or luck or whatever, right, the right. goddess who is uh, sort of Rincewind's patron goddess that he doesn't know about that right. she is no, uh, we get, screwing with him. We get, um, like, all the Rincewind books from a certain point, mm-hmm. and we've had this for a bit, start with the gods, like, literally playing games with right. his fate, and he's just, like... The lady, they call her, is yep. Luck. And the, the, her favorite piece is Rincewind because he, he always it's, gets out of like it. It's like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He always lucks out. And so. her, her sort of, one of her symbols is this chaos butterfly. Yeah. No, I enjoy that. And she's also the reason that the million to one chance works. Right. No, and I like all that stuff. Uh, That's about, oh, there was some stuff about Asian people eating dogs that I could have done without. Oh, God. And again, it didn't just come up once. No, it came up a few times, and I didn't love that. And some stuff about foot binding, which, oh, boy. And some... Wait, hang on. Is it bad to call out that that's not a good thing? I, it's, it was in a one-off joke. Well, no, it it came up a few times. It was just, eh. It's when, I, it was yeah. part of my quote. Cohen yeah. found out about it and said, this is horrible. Is it bad to do that? Um, I mean, it sounds horrible to me. Okay. But. Uh, no, I'm saying, is it bad to point out that this this practice is bad? I don't, I don't know about that, but it. I'm asking it, legit. I'm not trying like, to. Like, I, again, not no, an expert. No, I know, I know. But an issue, like a, like a, if you're going to talk about, a, like a, a, pretty messed up cultural practice you probably want to take a minute to talk about it not just make it a i like, guess that's true yeah. foreigners do these crazy things yeah i guess that's true yeah. um that's how i that's how i took the, it the problem and, and there was a whole sequence about sumo wrestlers oh god it was, was just fat jokes oh boy and yeah yeah not yeah yeah the thing is both of us got caught off guard mm-hmm. by the awful jokes and laughed and then like ah oh, shit because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like one of the one of the rape jokes was like uh he got it backwards and instead he would rape the houses and burn the women or something like that yeah. and just the wordplay of it kind of caught me and was like oh shit i can't laugh that's at not that. funny and you laughed at there was uh it was raining cats and dogs well it would be raining cats and food and it's a dog eating joke, and yeah. once you caught that, you're like, "Oh, oh shit! That I shouldn't have laughed yeah, at that's that." Not... And but it wasn't the, the part of a it good wasn't joke. the part of it that was funny wasn't "haha dogs no. and food." The part of it that was funny was I an didn't unexpected yeah. word yeah. in a phrase I already know. Exactly, he and knows how to structure a it's joke. One of those so things well. like I was picturing like spaghetti coming from the yeah, sky yeah, or yeah. something. Like, I was like no, dumb. that's both of those jokes yeah. were just. Excellent wordplay delivered very well by the narrator, yep. and then us realizing, oh, oh, that sucks. That's yeah, yeah. And so he sort of stealth mm-hmm. made us feel bad about ourselves, which is thanks, the, Terry. Which is the opposite of what I usually get out of a yeah. Discord book. But the two flower being a hero bit, mm-hmm. and just uh, uh, Lord Hong dying, like mm-hmm. even in the worst, the absolute worst ones, he's got a way of making these villains that mm-hmm. you, you know you hate a villain they're mm-hmm. a villain but he's got a way of making the villains just like when whatever inevitable thing happens to them you're just like yeah yeah good yeah and like in a book i don't even like that mm-hmm. much like good he was terrible i'm glad he's dead like, mm-hmm. wow 
Okay. I guess I <laughs> cared about care this. That, why do I care so much? Yeah. It, he was a pretty okay villain. He mm-hmm. was like a he was like an Asian veterinary, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just like, there were a couple of moments that actually got me. So. And as far as the bad books go, this is definitely one of the better of the bad well, books. now he's a good writer yeah. writing less interesting books. He's not writing bad books. Like, it's not like sorcery where it was just like, why did you write this? This had some, like, this had a lot of stuff in it that I did not care for, but there were some, I don't want to say, like, it's the worst book he's ever written. No, There's some laughs not. in it. There's some character stuff I yeah. enjoyed. And I understand um, why he wrote it. Yeah. He maybe shouldn't have, but I understand where he was trying to come from. I think he could have done a lot of these same things that he wanted to talk about differently and better. Yeah, I agree. All right, you got anything else? Um, we've got our pune or play on words. Ah, uh, yes. What do we got this time? Um, this is after um, we're we're back in the the desert, death desert again. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Savaloy looked around at the black desert. He was totally alone. Death had gone about his essential business. Yeah, that was quite good. very good. Very good line. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, uh, what do you what do you give it for a grade? I don't know, like. C minus, I guess. That's not a that's not a joke grade. Uh. All right. I I would have given a complicated pictogram. Yes, also that. That there was some good mistranslation jokes. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 leaned on that a little too much after a mm-hmm. while, but at first, and L Space points out, if you think he's overplaying this, there have been so many mistranslations between like Asia. I think it's more Japanese mm-hmm. and English. Maybe it's Chinese. I don't remember, but it's it, they they talk about it in L Space, just like where. There are subtle shades of meaning that we being unfamiliar with the language mm-hmm. and with the written language don't see. And so we could be saying one of 15 things because we don't we're not steeped in that. And that's the joke. And I like urinating dog means exclamation mm-hmm. point. Like there were there were some OK things in there. And complicated pictogram was usually put right in the right spot where it mm-hmm. would be saying something like what the complicated pictogram is going on mm-hmm. here or whatever. Which there I, are I, some good jokes about uh, hieroglyphics, too, yeah. in pyramids. Same same deal. Yeah. But I've seen that in a lot of yeah. Egypt stuff. So, yeah. All right. So our cliche count, very low. Very low for everything, in fact. Yeah, actually. Two gingerlies, zero saturations, uh, two surreptitious, one quantum. There are two other people jokes that are not phrased Mm -hmm. as something that happens to other people that were close enough that I counted them, Mm -hmm. but they weren't exactly phrased that way, but it's still the same joke. Again, two times in one book is a lot. Yeah, but he did not ever say at any point, this is something, this concept is something that happened to other people, but it was still exactly the same joke. Though now every time someone says gingerly, we basically cheer. Yeah. How does he do it? Yep. Gingerly! Yeah, but it only happened twice, so, you know, he's, he's getting a little better, but he won't. The whole point of starting this is I've read the later books a lot and it comes mm-hmm. up constantly. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else? I always seem to forget one thing. Nope. That's all the things. Okay. Next time we're back on track. Yes. Next time is uh, the opera one. The, what is the title of that one? I am forgetting. Masquerade. Masquerade. Thank you. Yes. It's a witch's book. A lot of fat jokes though. I seem to recall some of them being okay in that the person... Like, it's a self-esteem mm-hmm. thing from the character themselves, which makes it a little better. Mm-hmm. Instead of an objective judgment, it's someone saying, ugh, I'm so fat, I hate myself. That's that's a little better. But we'll 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 see but when we get into it. also, we rushed through this one because we wanted to be over. So well, we, we have a road trip coming books. up. Yeah. We have a road trip coming up with some long car time, and we did not want, like, we listen to audiobooks on mm-hmm. our car trips, and we didn't want it to be this one. We wanted to sprint to 
a witch book or a watch book or something like we that. We want to not be like the job of the book is to entertain us so we're not bored by the driving. Yeah, we got uh, like a this four hour drive. Double and boring. Listening to Rincewind would not make the trip go faster. Mm-hmm. But the witches will. And uh, so that that is what we will be doing next time. All right. This has been a co-production of Ron Algarwad and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, copyright 20, 2019 and 2020. For our full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening.